It's good to be in the house of God. I do have an announcement. Uh, before I do that, though, I would like to extend thanks to uh, Sister Janie and your pastor, Brother Jason, for giving me the opportunity to speak to you guys. And I want to thank you guys for allowing me to be here. It's been, uh, I've, I've only been here a couple weeks, but um, it already feels like family. It already feels like home. And uh, that's a good atmosphere to have in a church. When you guys extend your hands and you extend open arms to people that come in, it's important. It's important. And uh, I, I definitely feel that here. And so thank you for being such an amazing body of believers here. Uh, I, I always find it fascinating whenever I uh, go out to a different church. I, I, I have my home church and I feel comfortable there. And I and, and, and then I go to another church, and I'm like, I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how it's going to be. But the body of Christ is the body of Christ wherever you go. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful uh, for, for the way that he chooses to work and orchestrate his people. And so um, I do have an announcement about uh, what we're doing with the youth. So... Uh, Brother Jeremiah, would you please bring up the whiteboard? Um, we are going to do a fundraiser for the youth. We are, I don't know if any of you have been to the back. I know the youth have, but if you haven't been to the youth room, uh, right there is good, brother. Thank you. Thank you. And you can just wait, if you'll wait. Um, to take it down. Thank you. Um, so uh, we, we've already done a little bit of decorating. We put some carpets down and, and some chairs, and we got we're, we have a youth room, but we want to do a little bit of remodeling, a, a little bit of work. Uh, we're going to do some painting. We got some ideas. We brainstormed that a little bit, um, but we also would like to put a TV in the youth room. And so, but in order to do that, it requires money. <laughs> Uh, right? It always requires money. So we have a fundraiser. And so it's an incentive fundraiser. And the incentive is to slime the pastor. <laughs> so if any of you are not familiar with a sliming, sliming uh, fundraiser, okay, uh, it, it happens a lot at schools. So a lot of principals, a lot of teachers have been slimed in the past. If you have a teacher or a principal you like and you're trying to raise money, trying to raise funds for the school, then you uh, will you know, have the students give money into a pot. And if you reach a certain goal, then you can slime your teacher or your principal or in our case, our lovely pastor. And what's actually funny about this is... Um, uh, we, we initially, you know, we were trying to figure out how we were going to pay for the TV, you know, what we were, what we were going to do. And then uh, we came up with the idea to fundraise. And I went and asked Pastor, I said, hey, could we, could we do a fundraiser? And he was so excited. He didn't even let me finish. He said, yes, of course, let's do a fundraiser. I want to do it. It's great. It's awesome. And uh, I said, okay, all right, that's, that's good. Uh, can I tell the youth? And he said, yeah, of course. So I went and I told the youth and... Uh, uh, I told them that we were going to slime the pastor. So to, he didn't even know what the, what the fundraiser was. He completely agreed to it before he even knew. But uh, that's fun. So 
Uh, so right now, our initial goal, you see this 250 right here? That is our initial goal. If we reach $250, okay, then we can slime the pastor. And an anonymous donor has already given $30, okay, $30 towards the slime the pastor fund. So we have $30, we need more money. So if you want to give, I encourage you to give so that we can slime the pastor. If we reach $500, we will slime Sister Janie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, you will get to slime me. That is the, so if we reach $500, you can slime, you can see me and pastor get slimed. We will get slimed together and the youth will have fun doing that. So uh, please give, it's, it's, it's important to give in the kingdom of God, right? Uh, it's the way, it's what keeps the lights on. It's important. Um, so uh, please give towards the youth. Um, again, uh, you're investing in the kingdom. And I know a lot of you have kids that are in the youth. And some of you have kids that are not quite in the youth yet, but will be someday. And so um, you're investing in their future. You're investing in the kingdom of God. So when you give towards this, you're giving towards the kingdom. So, uh, Brother Jeremiah, would you please take that? Thank you so much. Please give Brother Jeremiah a hand, please. He's doing so great carrying that around. Okay. Uh, if you would, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into the word. Is that okay with everybody? Um, if you would turn in your Bible to the book of Matthew, uh, the twentieth chapter. I was I was worried because a pastor got up here and uh, started speaking some faith and. I was, I was worried he was going to preach my whole message, <laughs> but uh, it just feels good to, to be in the will of God, to know that um, God is speaking, and so uh, if you're in the book of Matthew, the 20th chapter, uh, I'm going to start reading in verse 29, and um, this is a story maybe some of us are familiar with, but Starting in verse 29, And as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside, when they heard that Jesus passed by, everybody say passed by, cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. Have mercy on us. And verse 31 says, And the multitude rebuked them because they should hold their peace. You shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be crying out like that. That's not, what, that's not what's being called for right now. It's not, it's not in place right now. Hold your peace. Please be still. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. Have mercy. Please have mercy. In verse 32, And Jesus stood still. And called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? What do you want me to do? What would you want me to do? And they said unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. And immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. 
I just want to talk for a few moments. I'm going to draw my thought out of verse 30. Uh, He is passing by. He is passing by. You can close your Bibles and just pray with me that the Lord would speak to us today. Jesus, thank you for what you've done here in this place already. God, and I thank you for what you're about to do in this place, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would speak into this atmosphere, into this place where we are, God, and see us where we are in our situation and what we're dealing with, what we're battling with, God. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In 2006, I was six years old. I was born 2000, so every year I get to have a new number on my, on my age, which is, which is fun. In 2006, I had the opportunity to go to a fair, what we call in the States is a fair, but here it's probably more known as like a circus or a carnival kind of thing where there's rides and lights and games and things. Uh, but in my community, in my small town, we, have, we call it a fair, a Knox County Fair where you can go, you can ride rides, and there's all kinds of events that take place at, at, at the fair. And um, my dad, every year, would take me one night to go in and watch uh, an event called the Crash Up Derby. <laughs> Has anybody heard of a Crash Up Derby? <laughs> no? Okay, it's basic, it's very simple, it's a very simple idea, you get a bunch of cars into a, into a square, okay, a bunch of logs are around, and you probably have like 8 to 12 cars maybe, they're junky cars, they're not nice cars, and then they just run into each other the whole time, and whichever car is left standing last wins, it's pretty simple. Uh, <laughs> and it's a total hick bush thing that we like to do way out in the country and in the United States, so... Uh, Most people think it's ridiculous, and it is, but it's so much fun, guys. It's so much fun. But uh, for the most part, I never really got to go into the carnival, into into this event, because every year at this thing, um, our church would do a fundraiser, and we would park cars and pick up trash, and it was all money for missions, and so we never really got to go inside and see the events. And it was about a week-long event uh, that was taking place, and so because I never really got to see it, I was young, and I wanted to see my favorite event, and so my dad would take me in one night to go see the Crash Up Derby, and, and so in the Crash Up Derby, there is a lot of people. It's uh, a noisy place to be. It's a crowded place to be. People come from miles around all over the country to see these events, and so it's very crowded. And I have a picture of, of a fair in the United States, uh, and it would look similar to this. And so it's a very crowded, very noisy place, and it's easy for a six-year-old to get lost. It's easy for a six-year-old to, to 
run away and to go find something. There's so much happening here. There's lights and rides and games and toys surrounding everywhere. And so everything is grabbing my attention, everything. And my dad is taking me, and, he, and being the wise parent that he is, he sits down with me and he says, now, Canaan, we're going to go in there, and it's going to be noisy, it's going to be crowded, and it's going to be easy for you to get lost. And so I want you to understand something. When we go in there, don't let go of my hand. Don't leave my side. Don't go away from me because I need you to not get lost. And I don't know, I don't have, I don't have kids, uh, but uh, <laughs> telling a six-year-old to stay still and to stay quiet and to stay by your side probably isn't the easiest job. And maybe some of the parents can say amen, amen, please, Jesus. Oh, we're going to have revival tonight, I think. Uh, but I agreed. I agreed. I didn't know any better. I, I just said, yeah, of course, Dad. Yeah, I'll stick with you. I'm good. We're, we're good here. And so I, we're walking through the fair, and everything is just catching my eye. Everything is catching my interest. And then, and then there's this game where you can win this prize. And it seems simple. It's, a, it's one of these little fishing games, and you cast out, and it's a magnet, and it, and it like connects to these ducks or whatever, and if you if you catch the right duck with the right amount of points, then you win the prize. And so I was like, oh, man, I, I really want to go. So I go to this game, and there's all sorts of people around, and I'm waiting my turn, and, and, I, and I'm waiting to get in there, and I'm in this crowd, and I'm in this crowd, and not realizing that I had left my father. I had not told him. I just, I, I, I was so excited. I wanted to win the prize. I wanted to win this toy, and so I went away from my father, and uh, I, I finally got to the game, and the man said, hey, um, if you want to play, you have to pay, play to pay, pay to play, right, you can't just, you know, fish and, and, and get a prize for nothing, right, it's a scam, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I didn't have any money, but I had seen this happen a thousand times, you know, I'd seen my dad go and pay for things, and so I turned, to where my father was supposed to be, where I thought he was supposed to be, and, and, and he wasn't there because I needed the money. I needed, I needed him to pay for this event. I needed him to pay so that I could do this thing, but he wasn't there. And, and I said, oh, okay, well, that's fine. I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll go and find him. I'll look. And so I was looking around, and there's so many people, and I can't see him. And, and so I'm like, I, well, I can't find my dad. And he said, well, if you can't find him, then he can't play. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and now I'm starting to panic. Now I'm starting to get a little afraid because I can't find my dad. And I'm worried and I'm scared and I'm alone. And so I, I don't know what to do. And so I, I, I start, okay, well, maybe I'm not tall enough to see over top of everybody to see and find my dad. So I thought, well, maybe I'll cry out. I'll say, hey, dad, where are you at? Dad, 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 where are you at? And no answer couldn't hear him, couldn't hear me, couldn't find me, and I was alone, and a, a, a feeling of, of terror began to set in. I was so afraid, so incredibly afraid. I couldn't move. I was standing still. I was in the middle 
of this crowd of people moving and, and going, and it was so noisy. And I thought, how in the world could he ever hear me in this crowd? How in the world could he ever hear what I'm trying to say, what I need him to, what, what I need him to hear, and I need him, and, I, and I'm so scared and alone right now. And, and, and I was so afraid that I began to cry, and I said, I'm going to try one more time. And I'm going to do it a little bit louder this time. And at this moment, I didn't care who else was around me. I didn't care about the people that were around me. I didn't care who heard me or who, who saw what I was doing and who, who, who was around. I just, I just needed my dad. I needed him to come and rescue me. And so I cried out even louder. I said, Dad, Dad, where are you? I need you. I don't know where you are. And I need you. I need you to save me. And some familiar hands wrapped around me and, and picked me up. And he hugged me and embraced me and said, I'm here. I'm here. And, and he had been looking for me too. And I imagine that these two blind men found themselves in a similar desperate situation. In the Bible we read that there's these two blind men sitting on the road and and. They, and I don't know, the Bible doesn't say, but I assume that they probably tried everything. They tried the doctor. They tried going to see a physician, going to see somebody that could help them. What can you do for me? Can you do anything that helped my eyes? Can you do anything that can make me see? Maybe tried some things that weren't really of God, probably some things that weren't right. But you tried everything because he was desperate, and now they're on their last leg, they're on their last option, and, and they hear about a man that's going to be coming through town, and Jesus is coming, and, and now he's here, and so now it's time, and now I need to cry out, but Jesus is here because I know I've heard about the things that he can do. And brothers and sisters, I need to tell you right now that Jesus is here. Amen. Believe me when I say Jesus is in this room. Matthew chapter 18 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. He's here. He's here. And oh, oh, okay, okay, brother Canaan, I get it. He's here, right. Yeah, I know. We, we, come, we come and we do this all the time. No, you need to understand something. The king of kings is here. You know, like, like the God of creation is here. The healer is here. The one who unstops the deaf ears. The one who makes the blinded eyes open. The one who can make the lame walk. He's here and he's in this room. And he wants to do something for us. We don't come here on Sundays because it's a great time, because it's fun to come and, and, and just get together. No, we come here because the King of Kings is here. We, we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a fake God. We don't come here and serve some kind of magical thing that doesn't exist. No, we come here because Jesus is here, because the King is here. He's our present help. He's our everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. That's why it's important to get the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost here, well, today is your day. Today is your day. You should get the Holy Ghost. When you get the Holy Ghost, you need to understand that, that God is literally coming and living inside of your temple, inside of your body. You have power. 
you need to understand that you have power when you, get, when you get Jesus on the inside of you. That's the Holy Ghost inside of you. He is your love. He's your peace. He's your joy. And when you get the Holy Ghost, you have access to those things. But we have doubts, right? Everybody has doubts. And sometimes we don't want to believe that Jesus is here. We don't want to believe that God can do these things. And, and we don't want to really stretch out. We don't want to reach out and, and grab Jesus by the hand. And, and we come to church and, and we say, oh, well, you know. like it's, it's just so good to be in the house of God today. It's just so nice to be here, you know. And we, and we sing uh, songs and we, we, and we might, you know, get a little jig maybe. We might do a little bit of movement, maybe. And maybe, maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll raise, maybe raise a hand like, oh, oh gosh, I hope nobody saw that. <laughs> I hope nobody saw me raise a hand today. Oh, gosh, I, I don't know if, that, if, if anyone saw that. That would, that would have been too much. No, and, and we come here, and, and pastor will get up, and he'll preach a good sermon, and we'll, we'll get excited, and God's doing great things, yes. And, and maybe we'll, we'll spend two minutes in the altar. Maybe we'll spend three minutes in the altar. Just as long as, you know, somebody over here can get their blessing. That's, that's long enough for me. I don't, need to, I don't need to reach out. I don't need to stretch out. I, I got problems and I got issues and I messed up, but I don't need to stretch out. And we leave that door the same way we came in. And that's the whole point for us. We, we just come here to have a good time, not realizing that Jesus is here and he's passing by. He's passing by. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Please, please let me in. This is Jesus talking. Please, please let me in. Please. I know you've been struggling for a long time. I know you've been dealing with these things for a long time. I know you've been struggling with fear and anxiety and you can't sleep at night because every night you go to bed, you come out the same way. But I'm standing, I'm trying to get through. I'm trying to get through. And he's just passing by, but don't let him pass by. Take him by the hand and say, Jesus, please, please don't leave me. Please, please, I need you. But it takes a moment. He's not, he's just, he'll pass you by. He doesn't have to stay. But if you would come Jesus Jesus help us today help us to reach out help us to stretch out Jesus name it's easy to get comfortable folks it's easy to get comfortable because you know Sunday every Sunday well it's the same it's the same service sister Janie's going to get up here and she's going to sing and sister so and so she's going to play and, and then brother and then pastor he's going to preach and, and it's easy yeah this is the routine this is the convenience this is just just another Sunday but, but, but if you would stretch out and you would understand that Jesus is in the room then you could get a blessing and you wouldn't have to stay I remember there was a lady in our church a few years ago. She had, um, it was kind of, kind of out of the blue. We didn't really know that it was going to happen, but she was just going to the doctor to get a checkup, and uh, she came to church the next Sunday, and uh, there was an announcement that Sister, Sister Katina had cancer. And uh, it was really just out of the blue, and a cell had metastasized itself inside of her body, and um, they didn't know what they were going to do. It was kind of severe. It was a very big cancer cell inside of her, and um, 
But it amazed me because every Sunday she would come to church and she'd be the first person to the altar. When the altar call was open, when the altar was open, she was the first one to get there. She knew that Jesus was able and that he was willing to heal her if he would. So she'd come and she'd, and, and, and it wasn't pretty. It wasn't like, oh, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. It wasn't anything like that. It was an ugly cry. You know the ugly cry where you get your, you know, like it, it, was, it, was, it was not pretty. She was desperate for God. She was desperate for a move of God. She had kids. She had a family. She didn't want to leave them. And so she was desperate. She knew Jesus was able to do it. And so she wasn't going to, she didn't care about anybody else that was trying to say, well, sister, you don't need to do that because this brother over here, he always gets his blessing every day. He always comes to church and he's always lifting his hands. He's doing this. So you don't need to do that. No, she was desperate. She needed something from God and she was going to get it. And then one day, she came in, and there was a report that the cancer had left her body. He's willing, he's here, and he's willing to do something great for you today. He's here, and it's promised to us. It's throughout the whole scripture. The whole scripture, he's saying, I will, I will do it. I will do it for you. It's throughout the whole scripture. Second Chronicles says, If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Exodus 22 says, And it shall come to pass when he crieth unto me that I will hear for I am gracious. Exodus 23 says, I will take sickness away. Away from the midst of thee. Matthew chapter 8 says, And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him to a desperate father. Matthew chapter 9 says, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Mark chapter 1 says, And there came a leper unto him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt thou canst make me clean and Jesus moved with compassion put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him I will be thou clean Acts chapter Acts chapter 2 the one that we all shout about I will pour out my spirit in the last days and they shall prophesy 2 Corinthians for ye are the temple of the living God your temple as God hath said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people wherefore come out from among them and be separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you Hebrews chapter 6 saying surely blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thee John chapter 14 if ye shall ask anything in my name I will do it Matthew chapter 11, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavenly burdened, and I will give you rest. Hebrews chapter 13, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Chapter 14, John, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He will, he will, he will, he will. Believe it in Jesus' name. He is a God that promises that he will, he will. And I'm coming to a close. If everybody from the front to the back, there's room up here. I think everybody can fit. But if you would just come up here, we're going to pray together.
I know some of you walked in here with, 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 with situations in your life, and some of you don't know what the answer is, don't have an answer. I don't know what you're dealing with. But I know that Jesus has the answer. I know that Jesus can heal. He can restore. He can give you an answer. I think we're all familiar with a, with a story in the book of Exodus. And I, I want to explain this and then I'll have the pastor come up and pray over us. But Exodus, it's a familiar story where God wants to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt and deliver them from their oppressors. And, and he calls a man named Moses to come and do this job. I need, you, I need you to go, and I need you to tell the people to come out. And we know through, the, through this process that God sent plagues among the people. There were these ten plagues, right? And all of them happened pretty similarly. God would send a plague among them. It was disease or boils or uh, crickets or whatever found in, in, in their food, and it was getting everywhere. And, and then Pharaoh finally would have enough, and he'd call Moses, and Moses would come, and he'd say, please pray that these things would go away. Please pray that God would take this away from us. And it was the same story. Moses would pray, and it would be, it would be done the same day. Same day, and that would happen in every single plague except one. Except one. Exodus chapter 8, verses 8 through 10 says, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Entreat the Lord that he may take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go, and they may do sacrifice unto the Lord. And Moses said unto Pharaoh, glory over me. Basically saying, it's about time. It's about time you've had enough. It's about time you've had enough of these frogs. It's about time you've called me to come in and pray for you. Glory over me. When shall I entreat for thee and for thy servants and for thy people to destroy the frogs from thee and thy house that they may remain in the river only. When do you want me to do this? When do you want me to pray to take them away? When do you want me to do this? And Pharaoh answers, he says tomorrow. Come back tomorrow. Don't sleep another night with the frogs. Don't stay another night in your affliction. Don't stay another night feeling anxiety and fear and depression. Don't wait another night. Don't say, well, I'll wait till next Sunday. I'll wait till next Sunday to get my blessing. Get it tonight. Don't sleep another night with the frogs. Don't sleep another night doing the same thing over and over and over again. Get your healing. Get your blessing today. Get now. Jesus' name, Pastor, would you come and pray?